It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, July 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really curious how this day one lineup is going to shape up for the Flyers. I could wait. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about it on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the salty Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. That's where you will keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about a little bit of Flyers news in the coaching department as well as dev camp. We are going to talk about how the Flyers lines could look on opening day. And then we'll wrap up with our plan for the rest of the off season and a gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, you can catch us over on YouTube. So drop a like, subscribe over there as well. Russ, once again, we got news not from the Flyers, but elsewhere on a big piece of the puzzle. And that's that Elliot Friedman saying that the Flyers are going to be hiring Rocky Thompson as an assistant coach. And he was most recently with the San Jose Sharks, but before that coached the Chicago Wolves in the AHL, uh, pretty successful in Chicago with the Wolves. And uh, he did not coach in the NHL this past season. Uh, He had to part ways with the San Jose Sharks because he is not vaccinated. And that was just part of the rules uh, for the NHL. So, Uh, I think that we can talk about him as a coach and his reputation on that side of things. Uh, The vaccination issue will limit his ability to travel with the team to Canada, though. Right. And they're going to play a fair amount of games there. Like that whole Western Canadian swing. That's difficult. Who's going to be the fill-in assistant for that? Like, I get it. If you like the coach, you take him, you don't worry about it. But there's just so many caveats with this team. It's like, They can't get anything that's just clean. And it's like, I'm not going to hold that against him. I'm sure he's a fine coach. But again, based on the fact on what he was doing last year, based on the fact that Torts said he wanted a surefire power play guy to cure the power play, who's the power play guy? Well, that's an interesting question because, you know, we already had somebody hired to do the PK and the defensive side of things ostensibly and while with the sharks uh, rocky thompson ran the pk and the defense now i did talk to somebody who covers the sharks and they said that while that was his role in san jose as an assistant coach that rocky thompson is super smart really innovative and he can do both it was just that was the particular role he was filling on the sharks at that team but he's unproven at the NHL level for that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I, I, so I do think that's a giant question mark. It's a big and question mark it's... because the coach, that's not his forte. He's already great defensively. So now you have three defensive minds there and, and then Rocky will do the other job because he's done it, but he's largely unproven in that. Like you see the issue here. This is nothing against him. This is just, you're hiring people now and you're sort of fitting them in the way you want them to. This is what Elaine Vigneault did. And we all were wondering, well, who's the power play guy in this one? And it the power play was never good. Yeah, I, I do think that's a point of concern. And if and when the Flyers officially announce this, it's absolutely <laughs> a question that should be asked to Tortorella, to Chuck Fletcher, and to Rocky Thompson. Maybe I'll he try and show up to that one too. To that <laughs> maybe he can address it. Um, so Charlie's I, not alone. I want to make sure <laughs> I show up. And 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 help him out. He shouldered the load yesterday. He did. Uh, I I do want to say that a friend of the show, Sarah Avampato, who was the host of Locked On LA Kings, covers the Chicago Wolves as well. And she said that Rocky Thompson uh, is one of those coaches players will run through walls for, and mm -hmm. definitely got a team to come together to be greater than the sum of its parts. And if any team needs to be greater than the sum of its parts, it is the Philadelphia Flyers. No question. We appreciate that input from her because she's really good. Yes. And, and again, she was, was in it day to day with the, with the Wolves right. while he was the head coach there. So that is great insight to have as well. Uh, we also heard from Nick Delorier as uh, he was given his introductory press conference. And it was a little dicey just because I think the Zoom technology was off. But he seems to be excited to be here. And he knows he's not a goal scorer. So that's good, I guess. Um, but he, he seems to think that he'll be able to get some PK time. I, I think essentially he's taking on the Nate Thompson role. I guess, but it could be greater than that. He could end up being a third liner on this team. Like the thing is, it's good that he said he's not a goal scorer, but people when he was signed were kind of like, well, he scored 10 goals before, but yeah, that was like four years ago with Montreal with a ton of opportunity. Now he probably will get more opportunity with the Flyers. And like I brought up on another show, would it shock you if like Torts puts him in the, in the slot or near the net on the power play? just to see if he could muscle in some goals. It wouldn't shock me because he tried to do that once upon a time with like Brian Boyle and other big guys. Most of the time it doesn't work though, because you still have to have the really good hands, the eye hand to be able to deflect it in. But I, you know, that's not going to shock me. The only problem is I don't want to see him and Zach McEwen on the same line. There's no point of it. There isn't. And we'll get to how that might play out when we talk about the lines in the next segment. But I do want to say that as far as your power play supposition there, I question it only because now, again, we don't know who's running the power play exactly uh, if it's Rocky Thompson or not. But I would think that having JVR as the net front guy on one of the two power plays, which is his role, and I don't see that changing that the other power play would in theory have a different look and may not have that same structure. So I'm not sure it's like apples to apples. Okay. With that. The only caveat I'll give you is so when JVR does take that role and let's say he's over a couple of weeks, do you think he'll still be in that role? 
Now, that is also a good question. <laughs> and with Torts, <laughs> the answer is likely no. But again, right. we don't you're know You're right. Yet. He'll start off in that role. I, again, I still have to wrap my head around the fact that he will still be on this team. Yes. <laughs> it is remarkable. Uh, I do want to talk about just a couple other small AHL things. And we did mention yesterday that they signed a few two-way deals, uh, especially on the defensive side of things for flexibility moving up and down between the Phantoms and Flyers. And partially that was because Adam Clendenning and Logan Day are not returning. Adam Clendenning has already signed with Rockford. And uh, I think that's an important note. And I, I don't know much about these new guys and what their mentorship skills are, but both Clendenning and Day were great defensive partners for the young kids learning the game for Wyatt Wiley, for Cam York. And I, I think that it, it's just really important to have those pairings in Lehigh Valley set in a way to help the prospect defensemen grow. Right. Ultimately, that's the goal. I will say I don't blame Clendenning because you and I both saw with all the calls oh, last year, he didn't get a sniff and he should have, and he should have. Yeah. And so I, I don't blame these guys for doing that. I know Belpedio once upon a time, he was a highly regarded prospect. He can skate. He does have offensive ability and a pretty good shot and he takes way too many penalties. So that's the part where you have to worry mm -hmm. about that in the AHL because that's, that's the perfect AHL guy is the guy who takes too many penalties, right? That's what they love to call penalties in the AHL. They do. Just a, a brief look at dev camp. I think, you know, obviously they took a day off and did PR stuff around town. And then I took another day off, but I'm going right. to be there for the three on three. I just, Excellent. I needed a break. I needed a break. I hope you understand that. That is fair enough. It's been a very busy couple of weeks in the NHL. So I did want to talk about uh, what Kara Mori had to say, who's been helping with Dev Camp on the coaching side of things. She is the head coach of the Princeton women's hockey team. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting when she was asked about, you know, how do you evaluate players and how do you work with them at these camps? And because this is her second year back, she's been able to see some of the players grow since last year. So that was good. And, and she mentioned specifically that Owen McLaughlin, which you had mentioned as well, had made Thank some you for, progress. For noticing. <laughs> yes. And that um, Ronnie Adderd is just a sponge and, and wants to learn everything. So it was good to hear about those two players in particular, but she also noted the similarities between her players at Princeton and the dev camp prospects and that they're essentially the same age and they're at the same level of mm -hmm. development in terms of hockey IQ. Sure. Right. Like the skills may be a little different or the strength is different in, in the men's game and the women's game, but ultimately they're in very similar places in their hockey mental game. And so it was yeah. like really easy for her to work with the prospects. Yeah. And I've watched her in action. I watched her a lot the last time I was there and I felt like she was doing a good job. I'm glad she mentioned Ty Murchison because we're probably the only show or anybody that mentioned <laughs> that he was even doing well in camp. Um, and sometimes I pick up on the minutia. I get it. But I, when, you know, when the coaches sort of see the same things I do, it makes me feel good that there are things to see in camp, even though some people will say, ah, you know, camp or dev camp other than interviews. And it's like, I don't know. I always find things. I think she's doing a good job. 
I think she is the one set of outside eyes that they have, and that's yep. good. And I wish they had more of that. I do too. And yeah, I think she's been a great addition to the dev camp group. And um, I, I appreciate her insight into the players and into the process of teaching hockey, which is, is always interesting to take a look at. All right, we are going to look at a potential day one Flyers lineup as it Oof. currently stands. It's a little scary, but uh, we're going to do it and it's going to be good, I promise. <laughs> but first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. I don't know if I'd bet on it. it's going to be good. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including Major League Baseball and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, Russ, it's now suddenly October, and we have to (laughs) ice a lineup for the Flyers game against the Devils. And uh, we have an interesting batch of players to look at. And so first on the forward side of things, I think your top line at this point, for me, given what I think I know about John Tortorella, is going to be Couturier centering JVR and Travis Konechny. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance of that. So, okay, it's not a great first line. That's all I can say. It's not, but I think that's what we have to work with. And I think ultimately the question will be on the right side of things. And to me, I think he'll put Konechny up there over Farabee if he's healthy, just because he'll want to give somebody with more experience that those top line minutes. Yeah, I could see that. And then again, we'll see how JVR plays away from the puck because he Mm -hmm. started to do a little better defensively a couple of years ago. Well, now he's really going to have to focus on it. Exactly. Line two is Kevin Hayes centering Scott Lawton and Cam Atkinson. Like this is their best line. It is. Overall, it's no slight to Couturier. This is their best line, though, as far as balanced and what you could have out there. I I agree. And I, I at least the one good thing about all of this is I really think it puts Scott Lawton squarely on the wing instead of center. And I think that makes the most sense uh, for him and his game and what he can do for the Flyers. Yeah, and he's going to lose some battles being a second-line guy instead of a third-line guy, but he'll give you the effort. Torts will like it. This will be Torts' favorite line. I think so, too. And Now, here's where it gets a little dicey. So A lot dicey. I, <laughs> a lot dicey. So I think the third line is Morgan Frost centering Noah Cates and then Joel Farabee if he's healthy, but Owen Tippett if he's not. Yeah, I think I think you have it right there. I do think that Farabee, oh, he's not going to start the season. That's I think that's pretty obvious. So, and even Chuck said that. So based on that, I think that's what you you have to work with here. Now this will be a, a line where again. Cates is a pretty good playmaker and Frost Mm -hmm. definitely is a terrific passer. It is going to be 
incumbent upon Owen Tippett to bury the puck. If he can, it will be a very successful line. If he can't, then, you know, somebody's going to have to pick up the rebound on this line, and it's probably not going to be Frost. So, you know, maybe that's where Cates is going to come in handy because he is kind of tricky around the net. Again, like I said to some writers at DevCamp, I hope uh, Tippett has worked with somebody this summer because, you know, a couple of different writers agreed with me. And, and, you know, when we're replaying goals in our mind, when he didn't think about it, if you got the puck to him and he just shot oh, his shots shot, were much better. It goes in most of the time. But mm -hmm. if he thinks about it, then you've got a mixed bag. So, you know, let's just hope that that's something that gets corrected. If it does, it's not a bad line. I don't think so either. And I think in the kind of minutes that line will get, they'll be in the best position to succeed. Uh, you know, I don't know that they'll be as good as the second line in terms of actual production, but I do think that they'll be in a good spot to really take a step forward developmentally on an individual basis and to be in it together would be yeah. good for them. Where they're going to get hurt is when they play a team like Pittsburgh or a team that's really strong down the middle, it's going to mm -hmm. be up to Kevin Hayes to win those battles. Couturier will win a lot of them, but you can't play Couturier, you know, 20 minutes every night. So that's where Kevin Hayes really has to step up. And if he doesn't, I got to tell you, I don't know if Kevin Hayes will be the second line center all year. Like that's something where Torch doesn't care how much you make. Right. And and I do think Morgan Frost has an advantage that his faceoffs are excellent. And yeah. so that could also be a thing that moves him up the lineup as, as mm -hmm. well as the season progresses. Now, the fourth line is a complete Oof. and total <laughs> bomb for me. But I, I think that obviously Brown is going to center it. Um, I, I think there's not really a question there. I think that Tippett might get pushed down there when Farabee comes back, but there's going to be a competition here. And this is a different competition than Chuck Fletcher thinks is going to happen. But if Delorier and Brown are guaranteed on that fourth line, let's say, you're right. I don't think Zach McEwen is the right person to complement those two. And that's where a healthy Wade Allison could maybe pop mm -hmm. in there or um if isaac radcliffe out of nowhere takes an incredible step forward i think even if he doesn't take an incredible step tort might torts might do it just because of his size yeah I, and i think that's you need a more dynamic player to complement mm -hmm. those other two and so i think that's the right strategy which is why i think owen tippett there works again when joel farabee is back in the lineup but um, I think that it could get really dangerous if it's Delorier, Brown, McEwen. Yeah, the problem here is if Delorier is one of your penalty killers, he can't be fighting every game. You have to let no. McEwen do that because if all of a sudden you lose one of your better guys on the penalty kill, you're really affecting a lot on in the game. That's what you have to think about here. Yeah, I think it's a huge question. But again, on, on a team like this, if you're being ticky-tack about the fourth line, I don't know if there's much worth in doing that. But at the same time, you want to make sure that players are being put in positions to succeed as best as possible. Right. And, and that just shows like how the lineup is being constructed and it reflects on your coaching overall. And this fourth line will play more than most fourth lines because it's towards. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, do you have any idea about any other potential extra in there? Or do you think wait, a healthy Wade Allison is the right option? 
I mean, a healthy weight Allison's like an oxymoron. I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. Uh, but I do think he's an option, and I do think Ratcliffe's an option. And I guess you could always throw Forrester in there, too. Yeah. That's All it. right. To be determined. On the defensive side of things, uh, obviously, Chuck Fletcher seems to think that the top four is a lock with Provorov and Tony D'Angelo as the top pairing and Sanheim and Ristolainen as the second pairing. But So if I was going to go 1-32, to 32, right, on mm-hmm. the basis of their top four, where do they fall in the league? Somewhere between 20 and 32. Exactly. I, I would say maybe 25 and 32, yeah. if I had to be honest. Yeah. Because, I mean, look. If Torts gets D'Angelo to play a little better, he's still not a number two. He's never going to be a top four guy, but he skates like one and he, and he, you know, he can bring the puck up like one. So they're going to just force him into it. Like you said, Provorov is going to be covering for his life. And that third pairing, I think, is likely York and Braun, but Sealer could sneak his way in there as well. Depending oh, on Torts, I, I can see it. Uh, don't forget about Kevin Connaughton, who played for Torts. I think, I think this third pairing is a um, is a Braun Connaughton, and York is going to have to prove it. And here's where I will differ with, like the Flyers wanting to try and you know get their young players in there. So Cam York is definitely a top four defenseman in this league. Do you want him to play the third pairing all year? I don't. No. I would rather him be the number one guy in Lehigh, keep pay, playing the power play. There's an injury, you put York into the top four. That's what you do. But if not, let him play more time in Lehigh. Because, again, I don't think on a bad team putting him on a third pairing where he's going to get benched for part of the game because they shorten the bench because that's what Torts does is going to really benefit him. So here's the question I have for you then based on on that, which in theory, I think makes sense. But given the current coaching situation, as we know it in Lehigh Valley, relative to what Torts is doing, would you rather have York around Torts day to day and in that system playing third pairing minutes? No, Cam York is super coachable. Like he knows what to do. I don't think you can get him off track. Okay. With the, with the foundation he has. So in Lehigh, being the number one power play, the number one everything guy is fine with me. Unless all of a sudden, you know, he has a big role with the Flyers, like either in the top four or plays more than 10 minutes a game. All right. Um, I think that that third pairing is going to be extremely competitive, but at a very low level. So and it's going to be more- a fascinating thing to yeah, watch. Torch is going to talk up Nick Sealer all camp. Nick Sealer will get into a few fights early because he knows that'll catch the coach's eye. And, you know, if there's, if Braun gets injured, you're going to see Connaughton there with Sealer at times. Then you're going to see York come up and play a little bit. It's going to be a carousel a little bit. Well, we know how much the NHL loves its carousels, whether it's coaching or players or GMs. uh, It's a thing in the world of hockey. All right. We are going to take a quick break, but we're going to come back and just talk about the rest of the offseason and how that is shaping up next. Okay, Russ. So we have reached the end of the Flyers free agency time. We've had the draft. We've had development camp. Now we've got a little bit of time 
off or downtime before we get into rookie camp and training camp in, you know, what is it, six or eight weeks from now? Yes. Yeah, I think some of our content will be focused on on prospects because, you know, at the end of the day, if you hear me complaining about the big club, I I never take it out on the prospects. And that's something where I always tell people, listen, don't take it out on the kids. Always feel good about them because that is your future. Support them. They need it. And that's why we'll talk about that rather than crazy scenarios for the big club. I think it's really important, especially because we know that the management overall tried to go halfway between a rebuild and a retool, and it didn't work. But at the same time, you're right, we do have some good prospects in Mm -hmm. the system to take a look at. So want to focus on that and where this could help the team in the future. We want to talk about some of the existing players on the team and how they can take steps forward Mm -hmm. in a year like this, because I think that's really important as well. And we do have a lot of questions going into next season that we're going to ask and discuss, whether it's filling out the coaching staff on the Flyers level, figuring out once again, we have very little to no information about the Phantoms and what they are going to look like going into next season and how the Flyers and Phantoms are going to work together. Very little info on that. And so that's something that we're going to want to fill in for the rest of the offseason And, you know, we're going to bring people in to talk about all of these things as well. So there'll be a lot of fun content for the rest of the summer. Really looking forward to bringing all of that to you. And of course, if there's anything that you out there are interested in us talking about, whether it's a particular player or a prospect, let us know. And Mm -hmm. we are happy to bring that to you. Because again, I think there's so much detail that we can look at in this organization, even if confidence is low in the team for next season overall, I think there's a lot we can look at toward the future that is actually pretty good and fun to talk about. So yeah, I always focus on that. Really happy to do that. And uh, on that note, just want to give you a programming heads up. Starting next week, we will be switching to a three day a week schedule for kind of the downtime for the rest of the off season. So we'll have shows uh, most likely Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But if that changes any particular week, we'll give you a heads up and, and let you know on our Twitter account at Locked On Flyers. And you can always get in touch with us there as well. Uh, I do want to wrap up with one gritty thing of the week. And I am a huge, huge space nut. And so mm-hmm. was super into the new images from the James Webb telescope and uh, just absolutely beautiful pictures. And uh, somebody out there uh, photoshopped gritty into one of the pictures out there and it is just hilarious and awesome and it fits and so just bringing two of my loves together into the end of our show for the week no i like it i uh, sometimes i question the amount of money that we spend on on these microscopes and these lenses but you know what these less than one percent of the federal budget is nasa Russ. i know <laughs> But this one was pretty spectacular. Even I could see the constellations, the various ones, like really easily, like not like, mm-hmm. you know, a home telescope on the house, on the roof where you have to sort of strain to see, oh, there's the Big Dipper and all that. So I, I enjoyed it. That's always good to hear from uh, 
some of the people that don't pay attention as much mm -hmm. to these things as, as I do. All right. That will do it for today's show and for the week. Like I said, tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com with any topics you want us to cover in the rest of the off season. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen. Now make your second listen locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So you can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked on NHL. Have a great weekend, everyone.